Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Magic Wand's story begins in 1968, a full year before we landed on the moon and about six months before bell-bottoms were trendy the first time. This is when the Magic Wand, the original personal massager, was first introduced, and I am so glad it was. No one expected that this unassuming device would soon become one of the world's most recognizable products. The Magic Wand original exemplifies the phrase icon, and now it shares the spotlight with three equally impressive models. Magic Wand Plus, a corded variable speed massager, Magic Wand Rechargeable, a cordless multifunction device, and the first ever Magic Wand Mini, a new, compact, adorable, rechargeable massager. Every product that bears the Magic Wand name features the legendary power and historic pleasure that took the world by storm more than half a century ago. My personal favorite Magic Wand is the original. They sell millions every year and for good reason. It's powerful and brings so much pleasure in all the right places. Want to get a discount on this amazing powerhouse? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magicwand to learn more. I'm about to get personal here, so listen up. I'm going to tell you a fun fact about me that you definitely didn't know. The lube that I use most consistently is Uberlube. I really mean it. If you were here with me right now, I'd tell you to go over to my nightstand drawer and tell me what you see. That's right, you would see a bottle of Uberlube. If you've never heard of Uberlube, let me tell you about it. Uberlube is a silky smooth silicone-based lube recommended by leading doctors, and its body-friendly ingredient list makes it widely used by people with sensitivities to lubricants. Another amazing thing about Uberlube is that it doesn't leave a sticky residue like water-based lubes do. It lasts for a long time and doesn't stain clothing or bedding. I have three bottles of Uberlube on my bedside table right now, ready when I need it. If you're someone who wants to feel more pleasure in the bedroom, use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. Trust me, it's amazing. Are you falling into a pattern with your partner? Looking to spice things up but aren't sure how? Me and my partner exit our ordinary with Lion's Den. Lion's Den has hundreds of your favorite brands to help you and your partner reconnect or try something new. From novices to dungeon masters, there are products for every comfort level. With 50 plus years in business, Lion's Den is here to help. Can't make it to a local store? Shop online and chat with a customer service team member while you shop. Lion's Den offers our listeners 15% off in-store and online using code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com. At Well and Good, we spend our days talking to and learning from the most interesting people in wellness, experts, thought leaders, and celebrities alike. Now, we're inviting you to join the conversation on our podcast, The Well and Good Podcast, where we discover the wellness that fits your unique frequency. New episodes of The Well and Good Podcast can be found weekly on Wednesdays. Tune in with us wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, my friends, my pals, my wonderful, wonderful listeners. How are we doing today? I hope that you're doing phenomenally and that you are just having the best fucking day of your life because you deserve that. And I think you know that as well. Any hooser doozer. Um, it's been a very busy few weeks for me, uh, just to kind of let you know where I'm at. Uh, 
it gets like this a couple times a year where I'm just kind of like scrambling and I thought I had enough time to prepare. And then I'm like, fuck, there's so much more stuff that I need to be doing. And that's been the last few weeks. But something fun and silly is that I'm doing this really wild masturbation experiment with magic wand. And you're going to hear all about it soon, I presume, um, if something hasn't come out about it already when you're listening to this episode. And it's just kind of wild. Like I'm doing this three-week thing where for the first week, I didn't masturbate at all or orgasm or have sex at all. And then the second week, I use the magic wand, either masturbating or sex with my partner and use the magic wand during that every day, uh, one or the other, or both, presumably for seven days. And then for seven days, I'm doing kind of this thing where I'm like, oh, just like normal sexual activity. So it, I'm like tracking a lot of things and it's just, it's, it, it's kind of like, have you ever done a masturbation experiment? It's just this like, maybe not. Um, it, it's just really strange and funny and silly and fun and overwhelming and kind of a lot. And I don't think I anticipated that. So that's what I've been kind of up to and doing. And it's very fitting that today on the podcast, we have Reed and Florence from Come Curious. And we talk about so many wonderful things. They are two really, really wonderful human beings. Uh, They're people who I've been following and I've listened to their podcast before, and I love what they do on social media. And in this episode, we talk a lot about their podcast, Fucks Given, which is soon to be rebranded as Come Curious. Uh, We talk about heartbreak and how no one really prepares you for how long it can take to heal sometimes. We talk about their experience at a Young Swingers Week in Jamaica a few years back. Spoiler alert, lots and lots of fun stories there. And we also talk about how we're kind of constantly shifting and growing and learning, even when it may seem like we have it all figured out, we're still doing those things. And so it's a really, really fantastic episode. I'm really excited for you to hear it. There's a lot of laughing, a lot of tenderness, silliness, and I really admire them and what they do and think that their videos and their content are so wonderful and they're all about pleasure and identity and really feeling yourself and celebration of that. And just a couple of reminders, I hope that you've been enjoying the Curious Sex Ed episodes with Mariah from Sex Ed Files every Friday. Uh, This week is the third and final episode that you can hear uh, that's available wherever you get your podcasts um, and through Sex Ed with DB. And then after that, you're going to have to tune in exclusively on Buy Me a Coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Curious Sex Ed. And if you want to go to our link tree and check out uh, our anonymous question form, uh, you can fill out a question and we might answer it on the podcast. And you can also tip us, buy us a coffee. If you've been enjoying that content, it takes a lot of, lot of work and effort and preparation and research and uh, if you if you've been enjoying it, I hope you consider uh, either joining our bestie crew and supporting us every month, or tipping us and buying us a coffee one time. Uh, and as always, I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, Reed and Florence. Welcome to Sex Up with DB. How are we doing today? Hey, hello. Hi. 
We, we've just done a, a great deep breath in to ground and centre ourselves. We did. So after, after my mad day, it's my evening, but it's, it's both of your mornings today. Yeah. So yeah, I needed the deep breath. So thank you for, for allowing us to do that. Of course. <laughs> Anytime. I'm always, always happy to just take a second. I feel like nowadays I, I don't do that enough. I'm just kind of like, okay, right. like Absolutely gotta, do, gotta do this thing. And then straight on, even when I'm like, fucking mm-hmm. in the bathroom I'm like okay how quickly can I do this in order to get through yeah. <laughs> to my next thing that I need to do it's like how about you just sit on the toilet for a second like do we yeah. ever just that's exactly it down. like why when when peeing becomes a chore right, and you have like, to try and do it as quickly as possible it's like no like remember the times where you worked in an office and going for a shit was the time that you took your time and you're making money from somebody else and right. you're just like sitting Slowly. there like I'm take my sweet ass time That's right. and yeah. we don't do that for ourselves we don't. that's so mm. true i remember that well, yeah. when I was in the yeah. office. Fun times, yeah. <laughs> Fun times, really, seconds. taking our time, yeah. taking a shit. Um, <laughs> and you're finally, you get a moment with your phone, you're like, ah, oh, right. okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, pretty pretty <laughs> cool that we used to do that. I mean, we should really just implement us doing that for ourselves now. Maybe that's something we can yeah. check in on each other and say, okay, are yeah. we going to the bathroom a little slower? You know, maybe that's our, our check-in <laughs> next time we say and hello. Nice, like... Yeah. A phone, toilet shit orgy, just take our time, exactly. breathe with it, enjoy. Yeah, what a strange way we've gotten started here today, but I'm really <laughs> happy that we have. Um, you know, as I mentioned to you all, before we started recording, I've been fans of you both for a little while now. I've been checking out your Insta, checking out your podcast, you. really love your content. It's very fun and a very relatable way to really feel like oh, like this is what pleasure can and does look like. And I think it's Mm -hmm. very unique and very cool. So I'd love for you both to introduce yourselves and just tell us about what you do in your work. Gosh, it's such like such a hard thing to introduce yourself. I think when you do your podcast yourself, it's so hard, like actually explaining what you do. But I'm Florence. And this is Reed. Oh, we're doing that. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I'm... (laughs) Um, I'm Reed, and we both created nine years ago something called Come Curious, Mm. which started as a YouTube channel where we spoke about sex and sort of transformed and matured into what we now have is a podcast called Originally Fucks Given, but we're actually doing a rebrand and we're going to call it Come Curious. Yeah, we're just just going to do a rebrand, which is very exciting. (laughs) So maybe when this episode comes out, we will already be Come Curious. Wow. Yeah, baby. Pretty cool. So that's coming up quick. Coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah, really soon. We're very, very excited. Um, And I guess individually, I am more in the sex worker space. I talk about kinks and fetishes because I have a fetish myself. And what do I do? I don't know. (laughs) Have sex for money. (laughs) That's the first thing that came to my head. Um, Kind of just an all round online personality. And of course, yeah, um, do we we co-founded Come Curious. I co-founded Come Curious with Florence, not yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think both grammatically. Yeah, I think that sense, works. Yeah. I think you can yeah, say yeah. Co- yeah. we, yeah, we yeah, co-founded. Right. Yeah. But then if we co-found, does that not mean that we get a quarter each? We co-founded implies that somebody else co-founded it as well. Mm. Rather than like I co-founded it and you co-founded it to make one whole. It's like, you know, it's hardcore it's maths, early like cake system conversation going really. on right We're, now. You know, this <laughs> yeah. is the morning. Right. It's our <laughs> yes, morning. It's, it's your morning. evening. Yeah, You're yeah. in a different different zone, literally. <laughs> 
a and different physically. realm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's, let's. Sorry, Florence. Oh, go ahead, Florence. I would love to hear about you as well. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So as well as doing Come Curious and the hosting the podcast, I also have my own podcast for a little bit called Love High. Um, which was more about relationships, getting over heartbreak and all that kind of journey. It started out as the How to Heal a Heartbreak podcast. So there's been quite a lot of my work that has been about breakups and healing and that own like self journey into yourself again after a relationship. But I've also just written a book that is coming out in May, May the 18th, called This Book Will Make You Feel Something. And it's a mixture of erotic stories and masturbation tips. Very exciting. Yeah, it's going to be so good. Cannot wait. So together, we yin and yang and create, we create sex educational shiata. Yes, the drill. I'm really into that. That's great. Wow. A breakup podcast. I feel like that there's so much that we can talk about within that. Was that like, I kind of read something on your YouTube, but can you confirm, was it kind of like based in your own breakup and then you kind of like extrapolated to like what else was going on for other people's breakups or like what was the premise? Yeah. Yeah. Basically the first, like when it all started, it was me experiencing like a bad heartbreak for the first time in my life. And I was like, wow, this hurts more than I ever thought like pain could be. Um, so mm-hmm. I I started the How to Heal a Heartbreak podcast kind of to help myself on this like healing journey. So I spoke to like a sex therapist, like a spiritual healer. My mum came on the podcast, nice. like all the people mm-hmm. that are giving you like the good, good advice. And then from then it kind of merged into Love High, which was talking more about, you know, relationships in general and, you know, yeah, sort of more like wide topics around breakups that other people can kind of pick up and relate on as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I don't feel like we really, like, our friends know that we're sad during a breakup, of course, because they're like, oh, like, I'm hearing you, like, what can I do? But we don't really talk enough, I feel like, about how long that can take, like, depending on... Yeah, to me, well over a year. For sure. And it can also be exhausting for everyone, you know, the person going through the breakup and then the people around them, because that seems to be the only form of conversation. Of course, you need to have those moments. You have to have your friends back and be be sat there and listen to them and listen to all the stuff that you might agree with or disagree with. But that can also be exhausting. You need to put boundaries in to be like, I don't know if I have the bandwidth right now to listen, but I'll be there for you at the weekend or I'll be there right. for you tomorrow, you know? Yeah, it's rough. I, it, it is tough for everyone involved. I mean, yeah, similar to kind of like any any hard experience that a friend or family has where you're just kind of like, I want you to be feeling better, but sometimes right? it really just takes yeah. time. Like that's, that's at least what I've felt is mm-hmm. just kind of like time and like figuring out other loves of your life, whether that be people or like activities yes. or things to kind of like throw yourself into. Yeah. 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 It's all about moving forward, isn't it? It's it's Hobbies. positive distraction. Right. It's not dis- it's not distracting yourself, but it's also like feeling in the moment and working with it. I'm I'm literally going through this breakup right now. I broke up in January. <sighs> So I'm, it's it's fresh, such an uncomfortable feeling. I don't I don't want to fucking sit and cry <laughs> for hours. Fuck you! Right. Like I I want to be able to go off and fuck people and have the time of my life. And it just doesn't work out that way. And it's it just no. sometimes it just hits you out of nowhere like a sledgehammer. You're like, oh shit, the breakup feels no. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. 
Um, okay, so you kind of mentioned this a little bit before. You're the co-founders. You each co-founded, for example. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to know, like, how did you two become friends? And, like, how did you kind of decide that Come Curious was something as a YouTube channel that you really wanted to do and that was your method of doing it? Yeah, that's a good story, actually. We yeah. Our origin yeah. story is dope. Yeah. Both in, like, different ways. We were kind of involved in wanting to create porn, um, I came out of doing like a fine art degree and wanted to be like this feminist <laughs> uh, porn director who like made really like cinematic, beautiful porn. And then Reed had like a film production. It's like background. television production and film. Yeah, yeah. Like, but and then I just loved porn. Yeah, I, like I didn't. I knew there was a problem with it, but I loved all porn <laughs> and I loved it being fucked up. And I was like, I just want to film fucking porn. Like I was like. <laughs> A proper, proper lad yeah. of the situation. And we ended up meeting each other on a porn set mm-hmm. working in London and just sort of clicked instantly. And we were, I was looking for a roommate yeah. and, and Florence was commuting all the way from Brighton. So it was like, do you want to live with me? And yeah. it kind of just. Oh my God, from day one, from you just felt it. Yeah, that, yeah, how like, weird is that? It was that? so quick. And it was, yeah. it, it was so, so quick. It was such like a dodgy little company as well. Like it was oh, like the seediest, like there was definitely some kind of like weird, like brothel-esque money laundering oh, God. situation. Yeah. Like it was the worst place we could have met ever. But for some yeah. reason, that was like our origin story. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Silver lining. Right. Yeah. Once we, once I lived with Reed, we would just sit um, on our sofas every night, like in our dressing gowns, and all we would do was just talk about sex, like, and all the things that we had like hangups about, Mm. whether that was like Mm -hmm. hairy nipples or discharge or like the kinks that we wanted to try, and we basically like normalized all these things by talking about them, and kind of I think because we both came from the film background, we're like. Maybe we should mm-hmm. film ourselves having these conversations. Yeah, I remember that conversation. It was like, <laughs> like a light bulb moment. Film it yeah. and, and put it on. And and it was this is before really anyone was talking about sex online. So we were both like, oh no, like YouTube is that's kind of weird. That's kind of lame. Let's yeah. try Vimeo. But we ended up <laughs> sticking with because YouTube just had such a huge audience yeah. and it was growing then and ended up putting these videos of just you know unfiltered unedited of us just talking about sex and trying you know we we've learned so much since then looking back at our original videos we're like Ooh, oh how many we fucking said that <laughs> jesus but, but it was like nine years um, ago right i mean the things yeah, are very nine things years are very ago different yeah and of course and, shift and change if you don't cringe then you haven't grown as a person so <laughs> you haven't real. learned how to do things differently so um, we just couldn't believe the feedback we were getting mm. from these videos that we were putting up and and it and we were just building followers and building comments and yeah. the appreciation we got and, and the tumblr posts um, we would we were massively tumblr, in tumblr as well with like yeah. doing the ask me thing <clears throat> answer like mm-hmm. agony aunt style questions that was like a big part mm-hmm. of it at the beginning as well yeah, but R.I.P. Tumblr, that's dead to us now. Oh, so yeah. Sad. <laughs> I know, it's rough. People really did and, and still kind of do, like, really love it, especially for porn yes. and sexy stories and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you can't. Ever, I still get the odd email through being like, this has been removed from your Tumblr. I'm like, oh, oh man, right. that's, that's years <laughs> ago. 
But um, it, yeah, it, we really noticed that we were helping people and we were like, wow, we, we just have to do this. And of course, yeah. I think for the first first at least like maybe five to seven years we just didn't earn any money from it it was it was something we did in the on weekends. the side wow. yeah weekends and evenings around our other jobs um we gave up so much time for them and it was cool when we started getting sent free sex toys right. and and like free like bondage apparatus the beginning, and stuff. when you get but sent it, stuff and you're like oh my god the, yeah. what's the beginning like, oh. yeah until you realize that you can't fucking pay your bills Correct. with sex toys. You can try, <laughs> right. but it never goes down right. well. And we actually started creating a business and, mm. and getting sponsorship and saying this now, YouTube, AdSense, what's it called? Like the ad revenue is oh. disgraceful. Oh. Like I think even though we were we were getting millions of views, right. like like over per video we were still earning something mad like yeah. 60 dollars a month and that's split really? between us both yeah. it's insane I, yeah. I looked at our youtube channel like overall views the other day and we mm-hmm. have had over 43 million views on our youtube channel and wow. we earn like maybe 90 dollars a month on it that's yeah, so yeah. surprising. Yeah. Is it? Is it? It's sex fucking YouTube content. and they lo- oh, there's sex it? content. Okay. They love to censor the shit out of right, us. Right, it doesn't right. matter what we say or how educational it is, how many people we help. They're still like, <gasps> but no, this is bad. We need to get rid. We need to delete your videos and right. get rid of your thumbnails of course, and like, yeah, hide all your content. But I feel like I've seen TikTok videos, which like, who knows if they're lying. I, th- I thought they were real <laughs> of talking about how like YouTube is one of the better platforms to gain ad dollars on comparing all of them like comparing like instagram and facebook and and all of them but maybe that's probably true if you're not doing sex content right of course i'm definitely not a stranger to getting my content suppressed deleted my shit just completely rocked Mm -hmm. shadow banned on every platform i've ever been on so totally Mm -hmm. feel you and it's very shitty but the fact that you have (laughs) such a big following on youtube and you're still getting fucked in a bad way by the platform to not get the money you deserve it's really hypocritical because in the in the very same it was like a couple of months we were nominated by youtube as um it was like like what was it called it was like for for international women's day or like we were like the featured female creators at this youtube event and in the in the same month we our whole platform was demonetized they just went oh no we're getting rid of any type of of monetization on your it's in the same month we were like what the fuck is going on this makes no sense yeah they took us away as um youtube partners which means that you can't get monetized mm-hmm. but so luckily that, we okay. had the contacts through yeah. doing that international women's day thing and they were like oh my god mm-hmm. let's sort this out for you because that's not okay yeah right that's a new york yeah, times like, article thankfully. if i've ever heard one yeah it's yeah. just kind of like watch YouTube, like you know, put me up on this pedestal and give me a fucking trophy, and then in the same breath take away my money yeah. and my livelihood. It's just kind of like, okay, yeah. this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, so we yeah. we don't really bank on YouTube anymore. Right. That's just the place to hold our videos, um, and it's the same really with Spotify and Apple Podcasts. They're along the same vein. We get really no money from them. The only way we actually can keep this up is through sponsorship but that's still really fucking difficult yeah Yeah, it's 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 and especially right now when we're going through this economic crisis when there's recessions going on when everyone's still dealing with the covid and lockdown it's it's still really hard to actually get 
uh, an income and what we deserve and even just to stay afloat it's just been it's been a roller coaster we're still doing it though we're still kicking you yeah. definitely are i mean you clearly have like such a large and really loyal and dedicated following and i feel like that's the ticket right like obviously you need to have like same with me, like sponsorships and like ways to pay the rent. But mm -hmm. if you have people who are going to like support you, be there, love your content through and through, that's it, right? Like as long as yeah. you have the audience who's like really interested in what you're saying and like you build that mm -hmm. base that feels like kind of that like whatever parasocial relationship where they're like, oh, I feel like I know you. Like it feels like, you know, I really admire you for the work that you're doing. And that's what you all have done. And that's like a very hard thing to do and to maintain and keep up. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Um, okay, speaking though of your YouTube, I want to talk about a series that you all did. I believe it was like four years ago or maybe even more, but it was about mm -hmm. Young Swingers Week. And I want to know. Oh, yes. I want to know all about this. I feel like, especially in my like friend groups, and like, I feel like I turned 30 and everyone was like, all right, are we fucking each other or what? Like, I feel like every, yeah. I feel like everything, yeah. it's very much just kind of like the shell has been broken about like, okay, like let's open up our relationships and let's talk about this and let's, you know, yeah. and I feel like Young Swingers Week like really fits into that idea. And I wonder yeah. if you could tell me like, what is that? What did you do when you went there? Like, tell me all about that experience. I mean, it was a magical 10 days of debauchery. Oh, it, was. it was so good. Although so we, we were lucky, although I was not single at the time, I was in a monogamous oh, relationship fuck. and could not fucking enjoy yeah. myself. But I like enjoyed mm. myself through Reed's experiences right. and a yeah. lot of solo sex in my hotel room. Amazing. Yeah, and it, things got things got tight between Florence and I. There were there were some no moments where it was like, oh shit, it's time to leave now. Like, right. <laughs> and being next door and having threesomes, and Florence is like hearing me have threesomes next door. Like, sorry, Florence. Yeah. So we were we were invited by the hotel to kind of come and vlog the whole experience mm -hmm. which was very cool because it's in jamaica and we we're like okay yeah, like yeah we'll come to jamaica to of go to course. a sex hotel yeah. we had no idea what to expect this is the hotel's called hedonism 2 that's the name the of the hotel we, yeah yeah the name of the hotel um and the and they have loads of different themed weeks and then there are companies mm -hmm. that like rent out the place and sell their tickets and everything like that so we went on young swingers week and it was just such an incredible experience. It, it wasn't just a nudist resort where it's completely acceptable to be naked everywhere which, apart from yeah, in which the is, restaurant. Which was really cool. Really cool. And there's a part of the beach and a, and a pool that you have to be naked if you want to go hang oh, out wow. there. Oh, wow. Yeah. The rest of the beach you don't have to be. Um, but it wasn't just, you know, like a big fuck fest. There were classes, there were talks, there were, um, you know, shows on every night. There were themed days. Yeah. We did like, we covered so much and did so much. And and before going, you know, we were both quite nervous. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like we're, we're coming from all the way on the other side. We've got no idea really what to expect. Um, you know, what's it going to be like naked with everyone yeah, right. kind of thing. I hadn't been to a sex party before. So like this was the, the first time that once. I was kind of going to see people fucking in front of me and like all of that mm -hmm. stuff. And I remember, I think it was like the first time we went onto the nudist beach. We went like towards mm -hmm. the bar and there 
there was a full on orgy happening in the pool. Just like there was yes. like people sitting on the edge, someone going down on them, like wow. just like mm. fucking. Oh, we were like and fucking Whoa. and fingering and like we we're like, oh, are you seeing what I'm seeing right <laughs> <Yeah>. now? <laughs> um, it was. Um, I think when you see people fucking, you think it's going to be really weird, but when you actually see it, you're like. Oh, that's really cool. Like that's really normal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and you and if you, you it feels really like like special and exciting, and it's not like gross or weird. You're just like, huh? Yeah. They're fucking, and I'm not freaking out. Wow. Like, yeah. like a new <laughs> thing has been like unlocked. Something has happened. Yes. Yeah. 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 I guess that was the whole like I when I when I wanted a direct porn and I first saw people fucking in front of me. That was like mm. the same reaction. It was like, why is this not weirder? Like it should be yeah. weird, but it's it's not like I, I'm just a think, viewer and I'm just sitting next to them and they're doing that. That's mm-hmm. cool. It's because sex isn't weird. Sex in front, like, you know, we're animals. That's yeah. so baseline. We should be able to fucking really in front of our friends, in front of anyone and not be weird. Yeah. But we've created this idea that it's it's private. gross or it's private. It's secretive. We can't see any of that. And it's like, like that's really... It's really sad. One of the best things was going to a sex party with one of my closest friends who I see as a brother, seeing him fuck his girlfriend and being like, oh, I'll give them some space. But like, I'm fucking cheering for you. And like, this isn't awkward and weird. And like, go you. Right. You know, I mean, when yeah. we've been to sex parties before, it's 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 a bit like that. So you should be cheering for your friends, not being like, ew, yeah. gross. I remember walking out of a sex party room, like think, oh, there's Reed. Oh, she's going down her boyfriend. Cool. <laughs> Okay then. Well, just walk <laughs> nice on <work>. by. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if I came over and like patted you on the back, like, oh, you got yeah. this. Or I like, even just like, shall I? Shall I take the balls? Like, <laughs> yeah. let's go. No one's really touching touching the anus there. Let me just get right back in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he. I need a rimming partner here. Like, team up, yo. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be me. Oh my but, god. And then there was the time at Hedonism when Reed was fully going into this threesome and I was like, okay, I'll come into the sex room too and I'll just sit on the side and I'll watch because I'm not allowed to do anything. But like yeah. Reed was like, had, there was three people. I think there was one person like sucking each other. It of started as a couple feet. and then another person joined. Oh my God, yeah, yeah the first action I got. I was like, Man. And then you started like moaning and stuff and I was like, time for me to go. And I just was like, <laughs> So I'm gonna sad. go. Bye, everyone. And went home to my room and masturbated. Not to yeah, the thought I mean, of you, but like just the general horniness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind if it was to the thought of me. It's like pleasure's pleasure. <laughs> we all think about weird shit in the time. Like honestly, <laughs> the it is. we really don't. Obviously, we don't talk about that. Like I feel like even it's like mm. more common for like cis women with their cis women friends to be like, oh, like you know, whatever. Sex in the city, classic bullshit. Where they're like, oh, was he good yeah. in bed? Like how big was his dick? Like all these yeah. things in the nineties yeah. that like we stereotype that we think that like women are saying to each mm. other. But even now, I feel like in monogamous relationships, it's more rare for like me and my friends who are women to really talk about it because there is this kind of level yeah. of like privacy. If you've been, you know, with the same person for a really long time, maybe there's mm-hmm. nothing that you feel like you want to share that's maybe new or I don't know. I just feel like it's yeah. not like friends don't really talk about that as much as it's like depicted in media. 
apart from us. Yeah, it's <laughs> apart from you. Yeah, apart from us. I mean, this is why we connected because we not only did we have less of a social barrier when it came to sex, but mm. also we were so excited to learn more and. You know, we like now we realize that the, the more something is uncomfortable to talk about, the more we should be talking about it, the more we should be pushing that boundary and that barrier and learning and 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 like de-shaming ourselves. Mm. Like a lot of why we're so secretive around our friends is because we're afraid of being judged or we haven't accepted it ourselves. I mean, for how how many years did I tell you every single fantasy, Florence, except I wouldn't talk to you about my tickle fetish? Yeah. Because I hadn't accepted it fully myself and I couldn't get my head around it. And I barely even spoken to my boyfriends about it. And now I can't <laughs> fucking shut up about it. I want it, to hear so. about it. Can you tell me about it too? <laughs> So I have a tickle fetish. Yay. I feel like I meant like AA. Like, Hi, tickle fetish. I got a tickle fetish. Um, a, a fetish is different to a kink. I think a lot of us have kinks, but not everyone has fetishes. Fetishes are more common in men because men's arousal is based on visuals, mm. but women's arousal is based on mental stimulation. And... Um, trying to cut this down quick a fetish is something that is fundamental to your pleasure most people with a fetish cannot achieve an orgasm without thinking or doing that thing so you can't control what fetish you have you can't control what other people's fetishes are it normally happens from uh, a situation or a circumstance when you're younger that's that becomes an obsession and then turns into something sexual so yeah I have a tickle fetish. I also, I can't figure out if it's a fetish or not, or if just like an extremely strong kink, um, bondage. And I'm also really into CNC, which is consensual, non-consensual play. But that all fits very neatly into my tickle fetish. Mm. And I'm actually hosting um, my tickle fetish party this Saturday. Oh so I'm very excited. Exciting. Mm. I'm assuming that's in the UK or is that international? Yeah, okay. that that's in London. Um, if anyone's going to be in London and wants to come along, find me on FetLife where I normally post the events. Um, and everyone is vetted to make sure everybody's safe and like, you know, security questions. Security? No, I mean like safety questions. <laughs> um, and it's just, yeah, it's just like-minded tickle fetishes meeting each other because when you have a fetish there is so much shame totally. and embarrassment mm. around it and you genuinely think you're the only one you, you you're just like I can't even imagine other people feeling the same way yeah until you learn to accept it within yourself you're always gonna feel weird or strange I putting it on my dating profile changed my whole life not just my sex life but changed my whole life and I'm just so much happier oh, accepting that part of me that's so wonderful and also yeah. um i don't know if either of you have read the book um arousing history of sex by rachel feltman if you haven't highly recommend it mm, okay. she uses like history and science to just talk about all of these aspects of sex and sexual health and some of them are cool. like really funny and silly and weird and some of them are just like true and just good to know and she has a whole chapter in there on kinks and fetishes. And of course, as a sex educator, like I logically know this, but when I read it, it's so much better to read when she says, yes. some, if you think that you're weird and you're the only one that has had that kink fetish kind of preference, 
someone else has thought of that already. <laughs> like someone yeah. else. Someone else has thought of it, done it, filmed it, like, fucked like it, everything. Reverse fucked it. <laughs> yes. Like it's been yes. done and it's been stranger or weirder mm-hmm. or more different than you even Absolutely. think. And so yes. like, just yeah. know like exactly what you said, Reed, like someone else and probably multiple and maybe like thousands and millions question mark of other people feel the things that you're feeling and thinking. And even if they're like not as common, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. I mean, yeah. think about the film Crash. There is a literal film about people getting turned on by car crashes. <laughs> and if it is in the mainstream, like there is there is just so much there. about car crashes as well. It's so fucked, but it's so beautiful and that exciting. Like wild. I don't think I've ever seen that film. It's really good. I mean, I didn't appreciate it when I saw it when I was younger because I was expecting like people fucking cars. But once you get <laughs> over that and you watch the actual film itself, you're like, wow, this is actually cool. Fascinating. Interested in experimenting with anal sex? Here are 10 things to know before bottoming with expertise from a doctor and anal surgeon at Future Method. Number one, lube is a bottom's best friend. Nothing beats the slickness and endurance of silicone. Number two, there are many types of lube out there, but not all of them are great for your butt. The three types you should avoid are warming lubes, desensitizing or numbing lubes, and spit. Number three, there's a proper way to stretch your hole before your bottoming debut. People talk about introducing toys into foreplay and self-play, but they also serve a very important purpose, dilating and maintaining your hole, both to aid opening and strengthening of the skin and muscle so that you can maximize your pleasure and minimize your risk of injury. Number four, douching with water or enemas isn't good practice. Enter the Future Method Anal Douche Powder Packs, a first-of-its-kind solution you can take on the go to help you feel confident and ready before you bottom. Number five, it's not only okay to speak up, but it's imperative for the health and safety of everyone involved. While initial discomfort may be present, if anything hurts, stop. Want to hear the rest? Go to futuremethod.com to learn more, and don't forget to use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off their amazing products. Too often, women of color are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness. Hosted by me, Dr. Cassandra Dunbar, Be Well Sis is a wellness podcast where women with diverse expertise and experiences have open and honest conversations that aim to make wellness more inclusive and accessible. Tune in every Tuesday for actionable insights and resources to help you live more joyfully, authentically, and beautifully. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Be Well Sis. Let me tell you about one of my favorite pleasure product retailers out there, Lion's Den. If you haven't heard about Lion's Den before, I can't wait to tell you about them. Lion's Den opened its first retail facility in Columbus, Ohio in 1971. That's right, over 50 years ago. Since then, they've grown to more than 50 outlets throughout the US, building their reputation on high quality products, low prices, and a knowledgeable sales staff who can help you find the perfect toy. One of the many things I love about Lion's Den is that they advocate for a sex-positive perspective on intimacy and sexual well-being, and strive to break the stereotypes and stigma surrounding sex by providing comprehensive educational resources to empower everyone to enjoy life to the fullest. They are simply amazing. Lucky for you, Lion's Den is giving my listeners an exclusive discount of 15% off your purchase, in-store and online with code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com. What are you waiting for? 
Get your amazing Lion's Den toy now. Something that I kind of am curious to get y'all's take on, I wonder how often you talk about this, but I feel like both of you from your content and from your podcast and everything that I've seen, right? There's this like self-awareness and this comfort that you both kind of imbue in your own skin and your bodies. And there's like this amazing, uh, tangible confidence like it's palpable like I can feel it coming through the screen when I'm looking at your stuff that's lovely and it it is it's true and I wonder like if you could each share something whether it be about you know gender identity sex partnerships anything that you feel like you're still figuring out and still kind of needing to do some work on the deepness yeah Yeah, the deepness so much I feel like there's so much there's always new mm-hmm. learnings and as much as I, like someone exudes confidence and stuff through the screen like yes there are things that I have become super confident about but then there's also so much more that I'm still picking apart and I think even when it comes to body image I still have days where yes. I'm like ah oh, like why are my thighs bigger than they were like a few months ago mm-hmm. and I'll look back at I'll, like the worst thing is looking back at old photos of yourself and thinking that you looked more attractive like even just a month ago and it's like yeah. why am I like why do I feel that way about myself it's literally me mm-hmm. I'm literally thinking wow yeah. you look so good back then but I feel so shit right now so like even yeah. I even have those moments still but I would say for me definitely to do with my sexuality like I'm just coming very I'm trying to become more comfortable with my sexuality being bisexual I've been very straight facing most my life and it's only just now that I'm finding the kind of confidence to be like no I am bi and I would actually quite like a relationship with a woman and like I want to be sexual with women and it's something that really turns me on and feels exciting but I'm shit scared of it. I, I find women yeah. terrifying. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. men are so easy. Men are so easy. fucking easy. We know how to flirt. We know how to date. We know how to fuck. When it comes to women, it's like, you feel like a teenager again. I, You've got no, no idea. I'm trembling in my boots. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's really real. I think I have a theory and then Reed, I really want to hear yours as well, but I have a theory about especially people who, you know, are open and like are especially in this work that like sexuality is going to shift like every couple years. (laughs) Like as there are like new understandings of like who we are and what that means and how we do or do not want to use a label to identify that, like whether or not the label is there, like I think the way in which we view ourselves is constantly changing Mm -hmm. and also changes slowly over time. time. Yeah. And we have to accept that. We have to be okay with the change and just let it come. I I felt um what's it called? Like uh, uh yeah. Uh, fuck, what's the name when you like when you're not feeling like I'm pansexual. I know I'm pansexual, but today I felt imposter like a, syndrome. like I let mm. Yeah, I got the imposter syndrome today. I felt like I let the pansexual team down today because there was a girl, um she was she was there like she's She's hit on me a couple of times. And when I told her that I had a date tonight, she's like, oh, guy or girl. And I was like, oh, a guy. Like, I'm just really looking for some good fucking dick at the moment. (laughs) And I got this feeling from her that she was like, 
uh, like disappointed. Mm. Like, oh, okay. Well, ha- have a have a good day. And then I was like, but no, I do want to fuck women. I do fancy women. I fall in love with women. It was like in my head. I was like, but I promise you, I'm pansexual. And it ha- had that mm. moment of like, whoa, it's okay to really want dick right now. That's okay. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to prove it to anyone. Totally. Um, you know, you could go through your whole life only wanting dick and still being bisexual or pansexual or or curious. Right. It doesn't have to be, you have to prove it. You have to have the evidence yeah. there. It's. I think being bisexual is one of the hardest sexualities <laughs> in a way because you're just like, yeah. you feel constantly judged by both sides of the coin. Yes. And you're like- It's not enough. Yeah. It's never enough. Exactly. You're like, I, I'm not yeah. gay enough or I'm not straight enough. And like, mm-hmm. where does that go? Or you're just greedy. Or you're you know? sexualized by all the men that you ever mm-hmm. date. And they're like, well, if yeah. I fuck you, we're going to have threesomes and we're going to do this like that's happened to me so much recently and i'm like Ugh, yeah. i don't know like I'm sorry uh, that's shitty that's just not yeah. what i want right now man yeah. yeah um i think i'm i'm trying to figure out at the moment like where where i stand with with sex and what i'm using sex for definitely after a breakup i've gone through that big like fuck everything that goddamn moves phase right. and still cry afterwards mm. And I'm I'm really learning how to feel comfortable on my own. Like that's yeah, tough. I'm really struggling with it. I had a really good therapy session today, and I think a lot like it's just trying to get get comfortable. Like sit in the uncomfortability and get comfortable with the idea of going on a date and going home alone at the end of the night, and not continuing and not over drinking or over drugging to kind of hide and mask all of that feeling, mm-hmm. and actually just be comfortable on my own uh, I, I, I mean you never stop learning like, as much as we exude that confidence I'm still at home alone going like I don't want to be alone like I I, I love myself but what yeah. I don't like my own company mm. you know that's a real head fuck like I really I, I really struggle with that I always have done so yeah doing a lot of work on myself to feel comfortable on my own and I still fuck up and I'm still <laughs> obsessed with dating apps and I still want to book in like fucking like dates in every night of the week to feel less lonely you know and so I just need to take a fucking breather and just start to enjoy look forward to going home alone at the end of an evening and not have to fill it with like vapid fucks that's totally fair I mean I think like an interesting thing just so I'm not just putting you two on the spot and I can share something as well. Um, so I, I, uh, live with my fiance. We've been together for about six and a half years and we, for most of the time that we've lived together have just lived in like a one bedroom apartment. Like we lived together in San Francisco and then in Brooklyn and then in Oakland. And we recently moved into like a co-op And it's really interesting because like we live in our own one bedroom apartment that's on the property of this co-op, but we see Mm -hmm. like 15 different people every day. And it's really fascinating. Like Reed, you're talking about like, okay, like, you know, what does that look like for me to be, you know, going on, Mm -hmm. on a date, but then like going home alone and like not being like, not okay with that. Like just living with that and just being fine with my own company. And I think like mm-hmm. there are a lot of like monogamous couples here, but it really has like shit like living here for the past couple months has really shifted the idea of like what aloneness really looks like. And like when yeah. we can just be like in the company of like a couple other people, it does feel like mm-hmm. a lot less lonely and it just really yeah, makes yeah. life like a lot richer. And it's just really like broke, like speaking of like breaking open the shell, you know, like before, like it really has 
broken open the idea of like, well, when you're a monogamous couple and you get married, then you just go in your fucking house and you buy it and then yeah. you just fuck off for the rest of your life and then you have kids and then mm-hmm. you die eventually in yeah. this just yeah, little yeah, box. Yeah. And it's kind of yeah. like, yeah, I maybe still want that eventually. Um, and that doesn't have to look like that, of course. But yeah. It, it is a very like interesting thing and it adds a lot of dynamics to our relationship and it's really cool to see. This is why I befriended all of my neighbors. I was like, I have to be best friends with them all right. in case I'm scared and alone. Right. Uh, they actually helped me out yeah. this morning because I got locked out uh, always the way. But you can still feel excruciatingly lonely right. surrounded by That's people. totally true. You know, you can still you can still feel lonely with your partner that you live yes. with. It, it can feel really isolating. You can be in a room, like a party with all of your best people and still feel lonely. Um, and my therapist was saying that's because your needs aren't being met somewhere. Mm. So you need to figure out what those needs are and not wait for them to come to you. Work with them and get them yourself. Find them somewhere. You know, ask your partner for the thing that you need. Make more friends or the friends that you have. Ask them for cuddles. Florence and I have been learning. I mean, we live in two different countries at the moment, so it's hard. But when I came to visit, we were like, let's let's learn to actually cuddle each other so sweet. and and for, for for both of us and for a lot of platonic friends that's really hard to do it feels really weird mm. and uncomfortable and awkward and we only, only ever really are tactile with our romantic yeah. or sexual relationships I felt like that's easy all touch was kind of sexual in some way because I have such yes. a high accelerator when it comes to being turned on mm-hmm. so like touch can just like instantly you know feel a bit horny to me so which also meant that when friends and stuff touched me that was like oh I don't want to feel this way about you might be even yes. a bit of like the bi imposter syndrome like right ah mm. like no I, I can't be attracted to women yeah totally <laughs> but and and also we both Florence and I recognize and I'm sure a lot of people will uh, relate to this thinking about seeing their parents and what their touch looked like right. if they mm. ever touched at all if they ever hugged if they ever kissed if they if you ever knew that they were intimate both Florence and I our parents but like, I, don't, I don't even remember my parents being in the same room as each other, especially yeah. if your parents are separated. I was going like, to say, are they together like or were they, are they divorced? Or Yours are divorced. Mine were never married. They were separated when I was eight. And I think that plays a lot of a lot of why we are the way that we are now when it comes to touch and relationships. Both Florence and I tend to have codependency issues when we get in relationships. Anxious attachments. I'm of divorce as well. I also am an anxious attacher. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it's like. And it's a lot of it is doing the deep dive into, well, what was our first memory of intimacy? Did we ever grow up around people that were intimate with each other? Mm. And if not, how can we change that now? We can't change the past. How can we learn to do better now? So what Florence and I are doing are can I have a cuddle? Can we really push ourselves to have a proper cuddle? And it was amazing when we cuddled. It was difficult, but afterwards, oh my God, I was like, I've just, I've just had all my needs met and more. Yeah. I'm I'm so into that. I feel like when I was in like middle school and high school, me and my like girlfriends, we would give each other the chills and we would just like touch each other and yes. give each other little chills. We would literally like take our shirts off. It was it was not sexual at all. It was just like, just give yeah. me the chills on my back and give me a massage. And it was just oh, like, we don't really so do that funny. as much. Or like give me I head scratches that. or whatever. Like mm. we yeah. used to do that Even so much. Even just playing with each other's hair, right? Yeah. 
Yes, it's yeah, the hair playing or like and intimate. doing each other's nails yeah. or makeup or something that's extremely intimate. Um, I mean, we're, this is quite gender because we're talking about girls. It's even harder for dudes, right. you know, like there's not a hell of a lot of stuff that dudes can do that's that's socially acceptable apart from what, like sports? Yeah. That's that's kind of like contact sports. They're like, yeah, man, like you broke your leg. Wow, I got my needs met. Right. Like, yeah, right. I mean, that, I guess and, that's why loads of guys do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like they just love rolling yeah, around yeah, on the floor together. Football. Like it's basically <laughs> like a cuddle. Oh my yeah, God. yeah, exactly. But there's got to be more stuff that guys can do as well. Not just, yeah, you want to you wanna watch the game and drink alcohol and yeah. like yeah, get fucked up, which is still very bonding, not yeah. shitting on that at right. all. But there has got to be more that you can do. I, you know, go to a fucking spa together. Yeah. Like, like go and get massages together. It's yeah. not, it doesn't have to be super mask for it to be acceptable totally. things are changing though in the mm. British Love Island that just came out all the guys that were on it were like in cuddle puddles like all the time and they were just so close oh to God, each other so nice. and I was like this is so lovely to see and they just like mm-hmm. I don't know they were just being so playful it's like you you hardly see men interacting with other men like that but seeing it on mm-hmm. TV and for all the types of people that watch Love Island I'm like those are the people that need to see this so it's fucking amazing Totally. Yeah. yeah. It, so it is special. And, and it is important to recognize like when that's happening in mainstream media, because it's kind of like how many people are seeing this, what kinds of messages are they receiving mm. and how are they internalizing yeah. this and kind of putting mm-hmm. that out into the world. Um, yeah. But Reed and Florence, we're at our last mm-hmm. question of the day. I'm so appreciative of you both coming on. It's such a pleasure to meet both of you and to just chat. And I really have enjoyed having you, but I wonder if you can just share like, What's next for you? Maybe Florence, tell us a little bit more about your book and kind of where people can find it and where can listeners uh, find and follow both of you? Yeah, so my book is out really, really soon in May. It's going to be available. Well, it's definitely available in the UK from May. And you can also Mm -hmm. buy the ebook and the audiobook in America or you can go onto the UK Amazon and buy the actual book and they'll just ship it over yeah that's the (laughs) trick but it's also going to be sold in four different languages in Portuguese um, French Spanish and Dutch so that's really cool I'm so happy that it's crazy having your own words translated into a different language I can't even imagine that's very cool But the book I'm super excited about is my debut book. And it's also like the first time that I've written erotic fiction. So there's 25 short erotic stories in there. And there's something for everyone. Like there's some kinky bits, there's sex parties. There's also just like romantic ones. One of my favorite one is like the cowboy and the bandit story, which is like a woman bandit, like taking control of the sheriff. And like, yeah, really into that. And um, then there's some like vampire and um, demon kind of esque stories, which we all all love. I think one of the publishers was just like the demon story is like their favorite in the office for some reason. <laughs> but what's really exciting about this book is that not only am I turning you on with all these stories, is that I'm actually giving you the tools at the same time. So there's 25 tips around all these stories to help you masturbate better to have solo sex to really like love your body reconnect with your body because I think that 
in a lot of our lives, there's moments where we disconnect from our bodies and mm-hmm. we don't feel the same thing again. So it's all about learning about your autonomy, about how you can feel more pleasure, sex toys, lubes, all the tips that we have learned over the years I've put into this book. So I'm just really excited that people are going to get horny and learn to love their bodies again through my books so yeah and it's available Mm. on amazon and all the kind of book websites waterstones and will you say the title one more time um this book will make you feel something and my name is florence bark if you want to check that out as well amazing amazing (laughs) and how about you reed um, so me, what's going on with me? <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I'm still doing the grind. I have just started my in-person foot worship meets again. So doing the sex work thing, I'm I'm putting more effort into my OnlyFans account. I post I post on two separate OnlyFans account um twice a week for each. I have a foot fetish OnlyFans account as well. Uh, but obviously sign up to both of them because they're both amazing. <laughs> and anyway, so yeah, um, foot worship ses- sessions, tickle sessions and dominating sessions. Um, fly me all over the world. I'll come there. Um, <laughs> I've got my tickle parties going on and there's something else that's exciting. I can't remember what it is, but please follow me on Instagram at Reed Amber X. I'm actually Reed Amber X um, on OnlyFans and everywhere, but there's a link in my bio to everything. Amazing. Yeah. And of course, our, our podcast. Our podcast is just about oh, to baby. go through a whole rebrand. Mm. Yeah, our gorgeous baby. We post episodes every single Thursday. And we um, also have vlogs and, yeah. and stuff on YouTube. So they're yeah, fun to check out. You can out. find out more. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, yeah, you can see what my life was like in LA when I came to visit. And we're, we've got a lot of vlogs. Yeah, we went we went and did, we did a whole Reiki healing yeah. session. Oh, and I'm fun. a massive skeptic. So the whole thing is there, me being like, what the fuck is this bullshit? And then yeah. Florence is like, this is amazing. <laughs> wow. it's, it's some good shit. Some good I shit. Yeah, so you can find that. us. Everywhere at Come Curious, that's C-O-M-E, you dirty, dirty fuckers. <laughs> um, um, on everything, all the platforms. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. Thank you both so much for being on. It was so nice to meet you and chat with you. Thank you for having mm, us. Thank you. You're incredible. Mwah, keep doing the good, good girl. <laughs> <laughs> Our creator, host, and executive producer is me, Danielle Bezalow. Our producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our associate producer and communications coordinator is Sadie Luigi. Our marketing coordinator is Kate Fiala. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Thanks so much to our featured guests, partners, and listeners. Want to partner with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. For exclusive content and to submit an anonymous sex ed question, check out my new podcast on Fridays, Curious Sex Ed, hosted with Mariah Caudillo of Sex Ed Files. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash curiouss sex ed to learn more. See you next time.